welcome to CXO Talk episode 236. It's uh, Tuesday, June 6, 2017. Uh, we have a very special show uh, for you today. Uh, we have the global CIO of SAP, Thomas Sorseg, as uh, our special guest. Uh, and with us, we also have uh, Michael Krigsman, um, founder of CXO Talk, and uh, will also be joining us for the conversation today um, on the millennial CIO, the changing role of IT. Uh, I'd also like to thank uh, Livestream for all their support and, and broadcasting the show. You can always go to livestream.com slash CXO talk uh, for a discount on, on Livestream. Uh, and so let's let's get to it. Welcome, Thomas, to uh, CXO talk. I think it's your first time on the show, right? Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here with you. Absolutely. And uh, Michael, uh, glad to have you with us today, too. It should, it should be a great show. Hey, thanks so much, Dion. And uh, this is exciting. So this is part of your regular every other Tuesday series of conversations with CIOs. And of course, I do my show on Friday. So Dion, thank you so much. Absolutely. But we thought we had such a special guest. We thought we would uh, we would both have a conversation. And it goes back a while. We've done a number of online uh, shows, not on CXO Talk uh, with Thomas. We've learned his story. He's part of a new generation of CIOs. Uh, with a new way of looking at IT, a new way of looking at service delivery, a uh, new way of thinking about working. So, uh, Thomas, tell us a little bit about SAP, uh, about your role. You've been there for about a year now, uh, and, and give us a sense of, uh, of how things are going. No, thank you. Yeah, basically, SAP is the world market leader with regards to enterprise application. That means we want to empower companies in more than 25 industries to run their company best, meaning cross line of businesses from marketing to sales to finance and all the others to really empower the business. And that also comes along with that SAP and being the CIO within SAP, I need to ensure that I support and enable the new business models of SAP. SAP is 45 years old and we are coming from a license maintenance business model and now for sure aggressively moving to the, to the cloud, which means subscription and consumption-based billing. And here we also aspire to become the most innovative cloud company in the world. And as a CIO, for sure, you need to see how to make that possible, how to enable this for SAP as a company, which has multiple dimensions. On the one hand side, how to enable these digital business models, automated business processes, but on the other hand side, how actually to provide a digital workplace to the employees, how to make the users of SAP the most productive in the world. And that's certainly part of the role to enable this actually. So Thomas, when you talk about making this change from an on-premise world to a, uh, to a cloud-based world. Tell us what is involved with that. Actually, this has multiple dimensions. If you look at it, if you look at it from a sales perspective, in a licensed world, you have a you have a big deal, upfront cash, and then you basically monetize it throughout the maintenance period you have. In the cloud world with subscription, you have these monthly recurring revenue streams. And this is changing the entire fundamentals of, of sales, actually. This also uh, needed to needs to change the culture of sales, which we which we see. So it's a lot of pressure on the sales side, but also the same on the finance side. If you think about the difference in liquidity management and treasury, which we need to see, which we need to enable actually to make that possible. So this change is going through the entire company end to end, starting with digital marketing approaches, starting with high volume sales processes as well. And that's exciting as well to get new sales channels. So SAP is also heavily now going into online sales, into digital sales channels with the SAPstore.com actually. Um, to facilitate the, the trial and, and buy process throughout the entire web experience which we, which we offer. And now, 
this is exciting from an IT perspective because if you look at it, if an, if an end user, if a customer of SAP is going to sapstore.com and get a trial, buy the solutions all online, basically the idea is to make that without any human interaction. So 100% optimize and automate this entire process. So IT is becoming part of the value chain. And that's exciting that you're not only supporting the things, but basically you're the fundamental enabler of the technology platform to have these new business models enabled. Right. Well, this really takes us kind of this, this you know, we're in a new era with IT as you're talking about it becoming its own P&L in its own right and becoming part of the business. Uh, so what do we look at? What's the optimal role of the CIO today? The role is clearly changing. I, you know, you, you've seen my writings are talking about, you know, we need to be much more customer centric. Um, we have to be, you know, talent magnets uh, because we need people who can build that digital future, which will run our business. But what do you see? Um, you know, the role of CIO and, and, and does it change by industry or by company or is it, it really is kind of a new perspective broadly emerging? I think you're fully right. With, with in the cool moment in time, when you look at the technology which we have at hand, IT needs to lift up actually the role to really have this customer experience in the center of all the, the activities and also to talk about business outcomes. It's not about providing a solution here or an application there. It's not about operating infrastructure. It's really talking about the business outcome of the company which we can drive actually with our activities. And that's a different level of discussion we need to have. Because that's also if you think about cloud. A lot of people, if they think about cloud, talk about, oh, I just want to move workloads from A to B. Or they talk about technologies or something like that. But fundamentally, the advantages CIOs now have with leverage in cloud is actually that you can get rid of commodity services that you for yourself can focus on the core value chain of the company. I will give you an example. If you are in a, in a certain industry, managing data centers, managing servers and all the replacement, depreciations and, and something like that, basically you spend a lot of time from IT perspective on those kind of topics. But these are not part of your core value chain because your core value chain is most probably having a great customer experience, having a great go-to-market, enabling your business model, but it's not about the data center operations, which means if you now go to an infrastructure as a service provider and you get rid of your infrastructure, you basically free up mental capacity. And that's important for you that you can spend your valuable time on the key differentiating things for the company. And it's a different kind of thing how to view the cloud. And that just was one example with regards to infrastructure as a service. The same we have with platform as a service and software as a service. You need to see how you can focus your entire energy and those of your organization on core value delivering and differentiating capabilities for a company. That's very interesting. So it sounds like you're, you're a major proponent of, of outsourcing in some way or offloading in some way the tactical aspects of IT, the lower parts of the stack, if you, if you will, and focusing on what's strategically significant to the business, uh, to the, the core of what the, the organization does. Is that correct? Absolutely. You need to focus on exactly this value at which you need to deliver as a, as a company. And that for sure means on the one hand side, what I mentioned with regards to business processes, but also never forget your end user, your employee who's working in your, your company, which you want to make the most productive in the world. And that's if you, if you think about SAP, SAP has no warehouses. We don't have a large supply chain. We don't have production chains. So in my case, if I want to increase the productivity of SAP, it's only working by improving the productivity of the employees. And that's the reason why we actually changed our strategy to become a user-centric IT organization. 
And that's a very fundamental decision which we took to place the user, be an internal user or an external user, in the center of our activities. Because it also comes with a rethinking of how an IT organization needs to work to serve our users, actually, in all regards, in the entire delivery process as well. And that's, I think, a very important factor as well. Thomas, uh, how do you create an IT organization that is user-centered? So in other words, when you say user-centered, what can you drill down and elaborate? What does that mean exactly? Yeah, very good. And that's exactly, it starts already with a project initiation. So if we talk about new projects which we deliver, we actually change it. We purely talk about user stories. What is the impact we generate by the user? What is the change of how he, he's working in the future when we do that project? If we are not able to articulate that in a solid way, then most probably we don't have exactly the knowledge what we need to do. And we need to clearly be able to articulate that change. So user stories, the user value of each and every single activity is key. But it also means we need to involve the real end users and not the business operations team. If we do a project for our sales organizations, we actually involve real account executives together to validate our mock-ups, our prototypes. And this is also something which is very important. You need to make it transparent. The people need to see to, to understand what it means. And that means a lot of mock-ups, a lot of prototyping, but involvement of the user to validate and get feedback along the way in a very iter iterative way. So you could for sure say Agile will help because you have more iterative ways actually to develop your application. And for sure, end user testing is key. And again, I mean the real end user, not business operations team. And fundamentally, if you do a project, you need to also ask the user afterwards, after a couple of months, did the change we aspire to have really come through? So user surveys and user feedback is essential for us. And that's the reason why we have regular IT client satisfaction surveys, regular employer service at SAP overall, but also what we did actually within our applications. So each and every um, Fiori application and each and every single mobile application we have has the possibility to provide straight feedback from each end user directly to responsible product owner within IT. And that means every real uh, responsible and accountable from IT actually gets the straight feedback, positive, but also negatives. And that's very important that we have a straight direction uh, communication line from the end user to the IT because we don't want to hide in, in between our buildings. We don't want to hide uh, behind processes. We actually want to go center stage to the users. We also do a lot of activities and campaigns to really get the straight feedback from the users. That's a key thing which is important for our culture. Taking feedback and, and if you say uh, you putting the users on center stage and, and your leadership has been well known over the last year or so in talking about empathy as being a key focus. Um, one of the things that, we, uh, that was really interesting about uh, the new uh, Gartner CEO survey was that most companies don't seem to actually have KPIs around this. How does empathy appear uh, at the top level? How do you measure it? Um, do you guys have a KPI? Are you, are you managing to that? I mean. How do you make sure that you're actually doing that, that follow-up at the very end to make sure you, you, you've delivered the right solution? Exactly. And so certainly that's something which we established in our delivery process, that after each and every single project, we send out uh, project surveys actually to get feedback around that. And that we, as I mentioned, have these regular client satisfaction surveys for the IT solutions. We also have some surveys, spot checks uh, throughout the year for specific areas with high usage. And this is something what everybody has in my team in a clear in his uh, goal settings actually 
to really get closer to the user, to get this feedback, and we measure that very seriously. Actually, also the specific KPIs we have around the client satisfaction score, where we for sure want to continuously increase the client satisfaction, even if we are already actually, based on the benchmarks we have, under the top uh, 10 percentage uh, of, um, of IT organizations. But again, our aspiration is high to even grow that first. Absolutely. And Thomas, uh, what are the, the skills and the capabilities that need to be in place inside IT to make this happen? Because clearly when you talk about empathy, you're not just talking about uh, empathy for the, for the computers and for the wiring in the walls or something uh, beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think mindset is a, is a clear topic anyway for an IT organization because you need to have a mindset of people really want to help the people in every occasion, not hiding between processes, but really understanding that processes are just made for that they actually should help people. And if they don't, you need to, to tweak them. So mindset is a key topic. But if you talk about the, the roles and the skills within the IT organization, we clearly see that there's a change on multiple reasons, also based on the, the move to the cloud. On the one hand side, we see a changing technology skill set. So if you take the classical SAP um, um, IT organization, where you most probably have a lot of ABAP skills, now with the SAP Cloud Platform, the new technologies, we more talk about Java, JavaScript, UI5, CSS, and the like. So you see on the one hand side, a technology shift of, of skill sets which we have. But on the other hand side, also considering the multiple cloud solutions you may most probably uh, use, actually, you also see more need for orchestration, so cloud orchestration, the integration capabilities to integrate the multiple uh, best-in-class solution to have a seamless end-to-end -end process. So integration skills are absolutely key. For sure, security is something which is which is a must-have to have the right focus on, on security throughout this entire um, enterprise architecture which you have in mind. So we see actually different roles which are now getting more center stage and core um, um, between uh, the past couple of years. So we, certainly we see that change. And also, what is quite, quite exciting to see, we need more business skills in IT. Actually, we need to be able to more consult and advise the business as well, because if we embrace best-in-class public cloud solutions, for sure we can do a lot of a configuration. For sure we can do some extensions and differentiating applications on a platform as a service like the SAP Cloud Platform. But still, this is also that we now need to take a different role advising to the business to make it work. And I also believe if you, if you see the multitude of, of uh, cloud solutions which you employ, IT is the central organization. You need to make that work on a holistic way to have a seamless end-to-end -end integration. Because in the end of the day, if you talk about the lead to cash process, this needs to be tightly integrated. It doesn't help you if you have spot solutions here, point solutions there. You, you need to talk about customer master data. You need to have that straight. So data quality is a key aspect in cloud. And that's something, if you think about all the aspects we need to come together, you see actually an increased uh, relevance for the IT organization, especially in the cloud, to make that work. And that's something where, where I believe we see a, a push also in the next couple of months that IT needs to have a stronger role in orchestrating this entire, this entire um, enterprise architecture end-to-end. Yeah, so when I hear you talk about uh, the business, you know, we've always had this, this classic divide between IT and the business. The IT department is often in their own building in many organizations, even today. Uh, but you're from a new generation of CIOs uh, that's coming in and looking at things with, a, with different eyes. And um, as I hear you talk about things like cloud, and I've heard you talk previously about your belief in 
and that you're responsible for stakeholder happiness, which I've never heard CIOs talk about. Um, can you talk a little bit about your guiding approach or philosophy of IT at a high level? Where is this all going? Are we all going out to the cloud and are we going to manage happiness end to end? What's, what's going to happen there? Yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, certainly, as I mentioned, I mean, our key purpose uh, for the IT organization is to enable SAP to become a digital enterprise with happy end users. That's basically the purpose of the IT organization of SAP. And what you see is multiple aspects in that purpose. The one aspect, what we briefly talked about, is digital enterprise. What does a real digital enterprise mean? And here I also always refer to, on the one hand side, digital business processes and new digital business models. And on the other hand side, the digital workplace. How do people work? And at SAP, I mean, we have more than 190 locations, more than 86,000 employees around the globe, and you need to bring them together. You need to connect the people. Because I also fundamentally believe that innovation is only happening by connecting people, diverse set of people. And that's where IT needs to have a huge role to make this digital workplace happen in that way, to make this, to drive actually innovation at SAP. On the other hand side, you also heard the, the, the sentence with happy end users. And that means with all our functions from project delivery, from IT support, IT operations, all the, the functions, I mean, they are customer facing. They need to ensure, they need to have empathy with the end user when an application is not working, when, when something's not working. They have a huge pressure point because they also serve our customers, which means I really ensure that the, the IT organization has that empathy to, to serve our employees and the needs they have in the best possible way, way because they are in pressure situation as well. And this is a very important topic. And this comes along with some guiding principles for sure. User centricity as one principle I already mentioned, which is totally key. The next principle, which is also very important, is agile. And when I talk about agile, it's not purely about the project methodology, what agile means, like Scrum or Kanban. I also talk about the, the culture around that from a mindset perspective that you are adaptive to change, that you're actually positive reacting to change and uh, change requests. And that's something where, especially for the IT organization, it's very important because the business is very dynamic. We are in, a, in, a, in an exciting market these days with changing business models. So we cannot just say, oh, we, we now work on this project for the next one year and then we have an outcome. That will not work. We need to see that First of all, we have quick results and business outcomes on the one hand side. On the other hand side, when something's changing, we need to be able to react on that in a very positive way and make that also work. So user centricity, agile is key. Then for sure, a further aspect is cloud. But also here again, with the notion that we not just want to have cloud for the, for the sake of having cloud. It's really about that on the one hand side, quickly delivering innovations and value to our end users but also to ensure that we have the right level of focus on the key differentiating uh, aspects for one of those and not on the commodity services uh, by the side. That's also an important key element. And with those three kind of leading guiding principles, um, we drive the IT organization. For sure, supplemented with one which should never be forgotten, which is part of each and every single IT organization, is to have rock solid operations. I mean, stable operations is the key for each and every single company in the world. We need to ensure business operations, and that's the foundation, where we then, in the end of the day, build on our innovations on top of that. If stable operations is not given, nobody will thank you for the innovations because you need to get that right. And that's even more important that you have the right level of, um, you know, working models in place, operating model, to have stable operations that you again can focus on innovations, on value delivery for your business. And that will also lift up your discussion which you have. Also, if you think about 
topics like enterprise architecture. Enterprise architecture is a key asset every IT organization needs to have. Having a plan how to transition from today's world into the new world, actually, into tomorrow. And when I talk about enterprise architecture, this is nothing where I would reduce to any IT topic. For sure, it, it, com it compromises the application architecture, but it for sure should also have data architecture, the roles and the processes included. Because in the end of the day, you want to talk about business capabilities. So business capabilities is your anchor point where you talk with your line of businesses. That's what they understand. And that's what you want to improve, the business capability. And the business capability itself is set up with different applications, data, data models, data points, roles who fulfill the specific business capability, as well as process. And now you can tweak those four dimensions to improve this overall business capability. And this is something you also need to come into a multi-year discussion with them. So if you talk about a business strategy by line of business, for the next three years. Basically, you want to see what does that mean for the specific business, business capability. And that, with that, you turn around that discussion from a pure IT, I want to replace an ERP system with an S4 system, to what is actually the business capability I want to ensure to improve my liquidity management, my cash management. What do I want to do with, with real-time analytics on top of that? So we need to go away from an application or IT-centric discussion here as well. So clearly there are many, many moving parts to this. And I want to remind everybody that you're watching episode number 236 of CXO Talk. And we are speaking with Thomas Sauer-Essig, who is the CIO of SAP. And we have an interesting question from Twitter. Sal Rasa, and in a way gets right to the heart of what you were just talking about, Thomas. And he says, how can IT become a hub for digital transformation internally to make practices and processes like HR more modern and bring innovation? So it gets right to the heart of the issue. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a great question because if we talk about digital transformation, the important piece is that it's always coming along with multiple stakeholders. It's never only IT alone. It's always complemented by the various business functions. And that's the important key aspect. Also, with each project which we do, they are business-driven. So we talk about what do we want to achieve with the business. So in this case, with regards to HR, for sure, we need to talk with HR about their plans, how to win the war for talent, which means how to increase that to get the best talent, that to recruit the best talents. And here you automatically have one component, recruiting. How do you improve recruiting in the digital world? Like with online recruiting, like machine learning that you automatically screen the right um, uh, CVs actually uh, fitting to the job description. And then you already have a discussion about how to improve that business capability actually by using machine learning for recruiting. The next topic is for sure that you want to have an employee experience throughout his entire lifetime at the company. So starting with onboarding, what do you do with onboarding? How do you get the best level of education right to the, to the employee? And this is for sure complemented by that they get right away in day one, the best possible IT setup. But here, these are the discussion then, which you need to have with, uh, with the business organization by business capability, leveraging for sure then modern technology to support that, but also really thinking about how you can leverage like innovations like machine learning into each and every single of those processes to make that uh, more efficient. 
And then basically we transform business functions, we transform line of business step by step. And even more important, we also need to see the interfaces between the line of businesses. If we talk about HR, it never should be only the, the internal organization. We also need to talk about the external workforce. And then out of a sudden you have global procurement as a next line of business joining the game because you want to have a total workforce discussion which means your internal and external workers and how you actually develop your entire organization with the right skill sets and roles. And now you need to bridge the gap between procurement and HR to make it transparent and also the reporting throughout the entire total workforce discussion. And here you see by focusing on business applications and as well the interfaces to other lines of businesses, the IT function will be actually the clue between the entire company. And that's what you need to recognize. And that's where you need to have good, good, um, good uh, people in your team to actually bridge um, the, the, the gaps respectively, build up the bridges between the line of businesses. So IT, in my opinion, has a hugely collaborative um, function throughout the entire company because there are not many functions like HR who are cross and in each and every single line of business relevant. So you see that interfaces as an IT organization. And now it's also your, opinion, uh, your job actually to go in there and fix it and to bridge the, build, um, bridge the gap between some line of businesses, what you see. And this is something I can just recommend to everybody, highly collaborative to really join the forces with the various uh, business owners and make that work. And again, think, think the broader picture, also cross line of business, not just HR. So you're talking about a very holistic view of, of IT. And I, I think that that's encouraging. And, we, and the question was about this, IT as a digital transformation hub. Um, what's the role of that of, of IT in that hub? Is it to is it to cultivate innovation from the business, or is IT really supposed to lead innovation, uh, or is it really a partnership? Uh, I think there's a lot of discussion about you know who's going to be driving digital transformation these days. Yeah, I mean, in the end of the day, if if a company itself is becoming real digital, then it means that that each and every single function of a company needs to be digital. And that out of, out of a sudden, you have a different emotion around that topic, like chief digital officers here, CIOs here, CMOs there. I think this is something where, when you have the right level of maturity, I mean, everybody should have that in a DNA to think about digital. But we are not that uh, in that moment today, which means today for sure, there are various functions who push a lot of business, uh, business functions into that direction, which, which makes sense. But in the end of the day, it's a partnership approach, which is the key for success. So collaboration, what I meant, is required. But if you think about innovations, technology innovations, like artificial intelligence, I certainly have the aspiration that the IT organization needs to drive that because we are close to the market. We know what's technically possible. We see that every day. And for sure, we need to see how can we best leverage those technologies to involve it into the business processes uh, of a company and that's where, for sure, the IT needs to drive that innovation uh, discussion in the company to push the various uh, business functions. And also, in the end of the day, with that, inspire our customers to have a, to have a customer experience, which is, which is um, for them exciting to see because they get the right relevant content in the right moment in time. And again, uh, to, uh, technologies like artificial intelligence will help. And um, you, need to, you need to drive that and bring that into the company. Thomas, uh, you mentioned earlier the importance of IT operations and maintaining stable systems. And so how do you now manage to maintain infrastructure and have skill sets 
that are necessary in order to maintain infrastructure and do that really well, and projects, you know, standard project management and so forth, and project portfolio management. How do you do that and at the same time maintain IT as a highly innovative force inside the company? There, it seems like they're very different, very different skills and roles and requirements. How do you do that? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's certainly clear that uh, as an IT organization, each and every IT organization has that challenge. On the one hand side, providing stable systems and a great operations. On the other hand side, to drive quickly and agile innovations. I think this is something every IT organization is faced with. And now I believe, um, and we also heard a lot about bimodal IT and, and topics like that. And I think from a conceptual discussion, this is highly exciting to talk about a bimodal IT, but Fundamentally, it's about enabling a two-speed IT architecture, where on the one hand side, you have stable systems, but you need to be able to build up quickly innovations on top of those. And this is something where such an architecture is the essential driver for that success. I'll give you an example, actually. For sure, every large enterprise uh, has, a, has a hybrid landscape, has some cloud solutions and has some on-premise solutions. That's, for the large enterprise, certainly a uh, a setup which is which is in the market and now you will have you will see some on-premise systems where you have delivery cycles where you have perhaps only one or twice a year uh, release but still you want to provide on a monthly basis perhaps innovations for this specific area and what we did actually at sap by to enable this two-speed it architecture is that we actually leveraged the sap cloud platform so we exposed services of the on-premise system to this sap cloud platform and now in that moment, I can now start building a new application on top, on the edge for this on-premise system and can continuously evolve this and use the stable APIs I got provided by the on-premise system. So now I can iteratively improve uh, the applications, the experience for our employees and actually still have the stable operations on the on-premise system uh, uh, as well. I'll give you one concrete example how we did that to make that really crisp. We had actually at SAP two on-premise ticketing systems, one for IT tickets and one for business tickets, like for all the shared service center for finance, HR, travel, facility management, and the likes. And the employees of SAP came to me and said, look, Thomas, I really don't understand why we have two ticketing solutions. I want to have one system when I, where I can you know, place my ticket and actually one system where, where I get my, my inbox, where I get the, the solutions. And quite frankly, five years ago, the most companies would have most probably started a, a huge migration project from one on-premise system to the other on-premise system, which, you know, you need to uh, align the categories, you need to have some data migrations. It would be a two or three year program. And in the end of the day, you just have, you know, the outcome that you have one UI for, for the tickets. We actually decided against those. We kept both on-premise systems, but we built a new application on top of the SAP cloud platform, leveraging the functionalities and the business rules out of this on-premise business systems. And now we have with Fiori a responsive design for each and every single uh, device. And that means within six weeks, we were able to provide this unified ticketing application with one inbox. And that now this is the starting point for an exciting journey. First of all, the employees had quickly this innovation and this great user experience with Fiori on each device, so only one system. But now actually we continued our path. So the second step was, we used a public cloud solution, SAP Gem, where we have the knowledge database of SAP. So employees going now to this Fiori application 
can type in the, the keywords and automatically get all the relevant knowledge articles that perhaps actually you don't even need to create a ticket. Because for sure, as an IT organization, I want to try to reduce the number of tickets because I have an outsourced partner and need to pay for tickets. Which means now we combine two on-premise systems and one public cloud solution with this SAP Cloud Platform uh, application on top. So that was the second iteration. And the third now was with machine learning. Because on the machine learning services of the SAP Cloud Platform, basically we were able to include that into this application in a, in a turnaround, which is just from amazing from a it was also four weeks only. And now if an employee is typing in a description, basically we automatically can determine the right category, you know, ticket classification that we that we avoid on the first level is ping and pong who's the responsible team because sometimes employees, you know, just choose the, the wrong category. And we automatically can provide the right solution, which we have in our knowledge database as well. So you see, we still have a hybrid world, two on-premise systems, one public cloud solution, but we leverage this, this cloud platform for iterative and agile innovations in a quick way, harvesting and leveraging the innovations we did actually in the past, but the employees get quickly these innovations. And still we have two very stable on-premise systems in the backend for the deep functionality which we have in there. And now the exciting piece is if you think about it from an end user perspective, you've now created your application in the cloud working on every device where you get every month now innovations delivered. So he actually, the end user, he or she, they don't know what is the backend system anymore. And now it's actually IT who can judge, do we now do a migration? Do we wait? Do we migrate to a public cloud solution in some point in time? But that's decoupled from the user. And that's also giving us a good position in our enterprise architecture discussion, how we handle it. Because from a user perspective, we solve the issue and even more, we give now innovations on a regular basis to the end users based on the, the agile two-speed IT architecture which we have. And I think that's a great example um, where such an um, architecture can help on the one hand side, stable operations, leveraging investments, but also having this possibility for quick innovations uh, on top, which is essential because nobody will wait for IT. We need to be quick. If we are not able to show quick innovations, for sure. I did a CIO survey, which in fact, uh, uh, recently that you participated in, and we saw clearly that 96% of CIOs are either under significant or great pressure to move faster. Um, but uh, when we look at how to do that, I mean, you mentioned uh, you know silos earlier on in our conversation, and you know we've had IT around for over 40 years, and we've been having the silo conversation from the very beginning. Um, how does a CIO cultivate the right business relationships? What what advice do you have? You know, you, you talked about procurement, you've talked about HR, you've talked about accounting functions and uh, time to cash and lots of other interesting things that touch into these different business areas. How are you pulling them together? What would you advise CIOs to do to, to, to get better at that? Yeah, I think the most important advice is most probably that you shouldn't care about the recognition because I think we can achieve so much if we just avoid the discussion who gets the recognition for success because it's a joint game. And if you help actually the business users and business owners actually to shine and to have the success, they actually would love to, to work with, with IT because they know that actually they have they are better off with, with working together with IT. So that's a very important topic and dear to my heart because in the end of the day, it's about the user, it's about the value for the company which we deliver and not about individual successes. And that's the first very important aspect. And the next aspect is you need to be a, a broker. You need to be able to connect multiple people in the, in the organization. And by connecting the people, you need to show that they are all that the sum is, is, is more than the, the parts. And that's something 
which is very important to translate actually to your to your business owners uh, uh, as well. So certainly a key aspect. And again, the recognition aspect we from a psychological perspective, we should not uh, forget. And I think IT can be a great enabler for that. And they will highly um, value and appreciate your support actually in, in making them successful. Because I refer to what I said in the beginning, it's about the business outcome. And that's what we should have in, in mind with our activities from an IT perspective, that the business is successful with what they do, that the end customer of SAP, or in this case, our business units is more successful. It's not always about the success of IT. That is always the wrong discussion. It's always the success of the business. But Thomas, uh, does the business also need to learn how to relate to IT in a new way? Because the business historically has looked to IT to be that, you know, kind of services provider of technology. So what does the business need to learn? I think multiple aspects. I mean, certainly they need to learn that in a, in a new world, when you see all that, that, that technology and innovations, that it is a digital world nowadays. And that means you need to get out of traditional thinking models to see how can each and every single company in each industry now really become digital. And that, again, is going through the entire organization, from marketing to sales, down to the support organization, finance organization. And here, IT plays a fundamental role in enabling that. And each and every line of business needs to understand that, again, it's only working together with IT, also cross boundaries to make that work and to leverage these new technologies and also new thinkings about. I mean, the IT organization also need to provoke a, a discussion in the company to say, look, if we now take this, why cannot we enable this digital channel for a company? Why cannot we provide a different level of support? For instance, like why, why don't we have a social support? Like why don't we have chat support? And actually, by the way, when we have support, why can't we not use chatbots actually for the for the first level in in a, in a in a large way? So dealing now with these new technologies, influencing the core value chain and improving those. And this is something where, for sure, with the technology we have, um, you can go into these value chain discussions and to improve that end to end. And that's what you actually need to do. And, um, and the business needs to acknowledge that, that uh, without the help of IT, uh, it will be very difficult, actually. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, so this is, you know, all of this conversation takes us to, you know, the, the evolution to cloud, the push for innovation and digital transformation. Um, and, and it really brings to the question that like, where does the traditional operating CIO go as opposed to innovation driven or digital CIOs who are focused on, on the forward looking aspect of it, we know that, 80 to 90% of the CIO budget goes to, to operating what we call legacy mountain, right? All the things that we built up, you know, the, the, the dozens of, in most organizations, hundreds or even thousands of legacy applications, which are important. But as you said, they're, they're really becoming tactical and something that you, you should figure out how to offload in some way. What's, what's the future? Uh, you know, if, we, if we're looking five or 10 years ahead, where is this all taking us? Yeah, and I mean, you're spot on. Certainly every CIO needs to work on getting out of the operational mud into an innovation driving function. Otherwise you become irrelevant because somebody in the company will take that role because no company can wait. You need to innovate consistently and you need to have an IT organization who can do that. So if you focus too much or you, if you only can focus on operational tasks, then you do something right. And you mentioned it. I mean, if we talk about move to the cloud, then certainly this is about 
offset some of your commodity um, services which you provide. So if we talk about infrastructure pieces, move to infrastructure out. If we talk about some, some certain commodity services which you have on-premise systems for, put them into public cloud solutions, investing class software as a service solution. So you, so you don't need to worry about those anymore. And you orchestrate this. And then with the freed up capacity and resources, you can again turn them into focusing on the core value chain and differentiating capabilities. And you need to do that. You also need to be able to, to work on um, functions in your organization, really working on enterprise architecture, innovations, really keeping the focus on the latest and greatest innovations, doing some proof of concepts um, to see how this could influence the existing business operations. And that's something which is important and you need to be able to do that. And, and moving to the cloud on all the different layers will actually help you in, in this journey. That's what I mentioned in the beginning. You need to get the, the mental capacity of your organization to focus on the key topics and not commodity. But for sure, there's a lot of work. You will have hybrid scenarios along the way, also in the next couple of years. But by using something like this SAP Cloud Platform as an agile innovation platform, these are elements which, which will make you successful because you can continuously innovate on top of those leverages, uh, the latest and greatest technology already along the way. Because you need to also gain time. And that's the important piece as well. Because this is not a transition from one day to the other, but you also don't have now three years where you say, now I have three years, I clean up my enterprise architecture. Nobody has that time because the competitor will already have passed you in three years which means you need to see how you can have this, uh, this quick uh, um, innovation uh, value-adding add, uh, services on your organization as well. And again, you're, you're right. I mean, if we, if we don't lift up to this innovation and more strategic relevant role from an IT perspective, somebody else will take that. Thomas, it's, we have about two minutes left. So just in one minute, uh, you're a millennial CIO. You're one of the few Fortune 500 millennial CIOs. And does that come into play just in just in one minute? Is that relevant? Does that come into play? What about that? I think actually, if you talk about millennials, it's, it's not about age. That's very important for me. It's not about age, but it's about a different kind of mindset and thinking which is coming into the workforce. And you need to ensure that with the services you derive, that you that you have a different level of how you serve your end users, how you serve your customers, how you want to deal innovation, how you want to actually adapt innovations in a quick way. And this is something where a millennium for sure has the, has the huge interest actually to get the innovations out of the door, to get the close user feedback, to, to have new ways of working. I mean, if we talk about how people want to work in the future, for sure, this is something where we need to provide great answers to have this digital workplace, to work, be able to work everywhere, anytime, uh, where you are, and in the best possible way. And these are topics like where I believe a different mindset is now coming into the organizations. And that's the driving factor, but it's not age. But for sure, I believe the new workforce, which we see, will change how companies function. You need to think about different leadership skills, how you lead actually um, millennials and actually do the growing workforce in, in, with that mindset. And this means, yes, um, from a mindset perspective, there's a lot of uh, um, topics where I believe there will be now a huge push into each and every single uh, company. Yeah, well, fantastic. We, uh, Thomas, we really appreciate you taking your time uh, to join us today on CXO Talk um, uh, and sharing your thoughts about how IT is evolving, um, how we're connecting the business and IT 
um, becoming more agile, moving to the cloud. Uh, so I thought it was a fantastic discussion. Um, uh, and uh, you'll be able to um, see, th see this on uh, YouTube in a, um, uh, in a few days. Um, uh, and we really appreciate your time. Uh, Michael, do you have any closing thoughts for us today as we uh, talk to the CIO of SAP? I thought it was so interesting, Dion, to hear the way Thomas thinks about placing the customer as the reference point. And it's, and it's not just language, but he has built up the IT operating model and the enterprise architecture all thinking about that. I mean, don't you think? Isn't that interesting? Uh, I, I think it's uh, unique in the respect of how he's connected a very direct line between uh, the customer and the way that IT operates. Uh, and not just during the, the initial process of engaging with customers, because this is the old requirements, throwing, uh, throwing the requirements over the wall, but all the way to the very end and then afterwards saying, did we do the right thing? Uh, so I think that kind of, you know, that, that, that's real customer centricity. And I agree, setting up enterprise architecture and everything behind that is really the hallmark of, I think, the next generation of IT. And of course, we're, we're talking about IT. We're not talking about the marketing department. We're talking about IT in exactly the same language that we might, that the marketing department might speak about their relationship with, with customers and end users as well. Yeah, well, I think it's a very consumerized view of IT, and I think that, that's the future. And that's why I always enjoy talking with Thomas. Uh, he's bringing us a fresh perspective, a different one than we've heard before. We've never, I, I love this, this discussion about happiness and, and, frankly, the whole message around empathy. It's the right thing, and I think it's, it's hard actually to do. It's always been hard to do in IT, and we're seeing now a sign that, that it can be done much better than it has been. So, yeah, very good story. Well, clearly, there's a lot more to talk about. So, Thomas Sauerasig, thank you for joining uh, Dion Hinchcliffe and, and me for episode 236 of CXO Talk today. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thank you. And Dion, I'm the interloper on your Tuesday CIO show, so, so thank you for allowing me to interlope, as they say. Oh, always, always a pleasure. I'm really glad you could stop by, Michael. Thank you for coming. Everybody, we have another show on Friday and tune in and come back. Take a look at cxotalk.com slash episodes to see the always current schedule. And while you're at it, you should like us on Facebook. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody, and have a great day. Bye-bye.